and welcome back to Fan Fatales, a member of the Real Fans Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And in this episode, we are going to be jumping through the wardrobe as we celebrate Emma's birthday. So happy birthday, Emma. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, so we will be discussing the Disney Walden and then I think Fox took over the last one, Narnia mm-hmm. movies. Yes. So shall we get so, started? So I know. Yeah, yeah, she's very excited, you guys. <laughs> um, so the first one is, of course, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And the synopsis is, four kids travel through a wardrobe to the land of Narnia and learn their destiny to free it with the guidance of a mystical lion. It was directed by Andrew Adamson in his live-action directorial debut. Four years prior, he directed Shrek, and that was his theatrical debut. Nice. Um... It came out in 2000. I know. I found that that fact, I think, in the, um, oh, what, it it, it was a Disney Plus original show that they did, like, where they were going in, like, talking about, like, movie props and stuff. Mm -hmm. They did it. Oh, prop culture. Yeah, prop culture. He, like, mentioned it, and I was like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah. That's a very what fact. Yeah. Um, the film came out in 2005, and the cast includes Liam Neeson as Aslan, Tilda Swinton as the White Witch, Georgie Henley as Lucy Pevensey, William Mosley as Peter Pevensey, Skander Keynes as Edmund Pevensey, Anna Popowell as Susan Pevensey, James McAvoy as Mr. Tumnus, Ray Winston as Mr. Beaver, and Don French as Mrs. Beaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and some fun facts is Georgie Henley's reaction to Mr. Tumnus at the lamppost is genuine. Um, she had not seen the ca- her castmate James McAvoy at all in his costume before the scene was filmed, so all of her screams and reactions were real. Also, her first reaction to the snowy world of Narnia was also genuine. They, like, legit, like, blindfolded her. I think I sent you the video of her, like, being blindfolded and carried to set. I don't remember this. No. Maybe I sent it to someone else. But yeah, like, they, like, blindfolded her and carried her to set and then unfolded her, like, right when they called action. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Another Georgie Henley fact is when the adult swearing got out of hand, Georgie Henley set up a swear (laughs) pocket. Um, James McAvoy was supposedly the worst offender. Even her teenage co-stars had to pay their toll, though, especially Skander Keynes, according to the DVD commentary. And I just thought that was hilarious. That is hilarious. She was, like, eight or nine when she got the role of Lucy. <laughs> like, she was a child. Yeah. Um, That's adorable. Yeah. And then the last fun fact is the role of Edmund was cast last of the four children, And this helped to make his character a bit detached from the other siblings, since the other three actors had been together in a workshop for almost a month by the time he got the part. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. You can totally tell. Yeah, you can. Um, I have some fun facts in my notes as well, because, yeah, we'll we'll get into (laughs) it. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. This movie starts off very intense. It does. I... It's not like, it's not like nice. It's like, bam, war, bam, freaky altitude masks on the Germans. I know. Bam, bunker. Bam, explosion. Like, also, whoa. Peter, close the freaking door. 
And not like after yelling at Edmund. Like he right. stands there like yelling at Edmund, like, why'd you go get our father's picture with the door open? Yeah. Okay, literally in the first five minutes, I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six notes. <laughs> Yeah. In the first not even five minutes, I wrote, those altitude masks are horrifying. Uh, yeah, that's scary. Maybe close the bunker door first. Yeah. Why is this already so damn sad? I'm legit crying WTF. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. So the book starts out with them already at the professor's house. I think I remember that. Yeah. So I, I kind of understand why they had to show, like, why the kids were at this random professor's house. Yeah. But it's such an And, like, who is way. the professor to the parents? Like, how do the parents even know the professor? I don't... Like, that's never explained. That's, like, the one... He used to live in London, so maybe they knew each other. Like, neighbors Somehow, or something? like, neighbors or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's... It makes no sense to but, me. But then they go to live with their aunt and uncle somewhere else. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. what? Professor Narnia, how? Well, and then, like, in the book, or, yeah, in the book, um, Peter is, goes to um, study with the professor around the time of um, Don Treader. And he's away um, studying with the professor, and then Susan is out in America with her, their parents. Got it. Because that's never explained in Don Treader either. No. She's just, like, in America, and yeah. Peter's nowhere like, to be like found. It's, ex- it's explained that she's, like, with her parents, but she makes it seem like Peter's there with them. Like, she's like, oh, yes, me and Peter are having wonderful adventures yeah. here in America, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, hold on. What? Yeah. Um, <sighs> okay. While we're still on the, like, pre-Narnia stuff, the two kids that share the train compartment with the Pevensey kids, um, yeah. they're the children of Sophie Cook, who played Susan Pevensey in the BBC adaptation of the Narnia series in the 80s. That's cute. Yeah. And... She's not the only one that has relation to the Disney Walden movies. We'll get to the other one with Prince Caspian. Okay. Um, Warwick Davis was also in the BBC ones. <gasps> I love Warwick Davis. Yeah. I love Peter Dinklage and Warwick Davis. And they're Okay, both. honestly, I was like, which one is... I, I like couldn't even tell which one was Peter Dinklage because of the makeup. I know. I was like, this makeup is so good. I'm like, which one is Peter Dinklage? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> also... I always forget the ancient one is in this movie. From Doctor Strange? Yeah. Tilda Swinton? Yeah. Yeah. I always forget that she's the one She's in plays. all three of them. I know. He's only in one book. I don't know why they keep on torturing Edmund with white I, witch stuff. That's what I said. <laughs> we're jumping around like crazy. We need to like hone back in on where we were. Because like otherwise people are going to be so confused. They're going to be like, when did this happen? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So, let's see. Okay, when they were playing hide and seek, and Edmund shoves Lucy out of the way. Yeah, you wrote Edmund, that was a dick move, and I wrote Edmund being a little shit again. Yeah, okay. 
we'll get to my thoughts about that later about okay. him. Because I think so, he's just, I don't think he's purposefully being a jerk. I think he's just misunderstood. He has middle kid syndrome. I, I kind of agree with that. Like, after, like, kind of reading some of your notes, I kind of agree with that. I think, I think um, he has middle child syndrome, like, so hardcore. Yes. That and also, like, he is 13 years old in the movie. Yeah. So, like, so, like of going course through, he's going to be like, a little jerk. Puberty, like, little jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of Edmund, I feel bad that he never gets a gift from Father Christmas. Like, he, <laughs> like Father <laughs> Christmas know. couldn't be like, oh, and here's something for Edmund. For your brother, yeah. <laughs> no, he's like, here you go, Lucy. Here's a healing thing. Here you go, um, Susan. Here's a bow and a horn that will come in use for the next book. And... <laughs> now and now yeah true and then here child here's a sword for you peter like yes (laughs) yes because so in the books they're much younger than they are in the movies lucy is the same age in both lucy is eight in both but the oldest peter he's 13 in the book like it's like eight nine twelve thirteen oh gosh and now i think the distribution 15 13 8 (laughs) Yeah, I like the distribution they have better. I do, too. Like, I definitely think it's good that, like, Peter and Susan are, like, up there. Yeah. You know? I think Peter's, like, 17 and Susan's, like, 16. Yeah. Yeah. That feels right. I want a full-size replica of the wardrobe. Birthday present. (laughs) I have looked to see how much... A full-size replica would be. And it's way too much money. I don't know. When you're rich and famous, that's going to be the first thing you'll buy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, shall we actually, like, go to Narnia? Cause we yeah, we even, should like, go to Narnia. Now that the yeah. wardrobe going into Narnia, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I think at the beginning, don't hate me for saying this, I think at the beginning, Mr. Tonus is giving, like, major creepy vibes. Yeah, I kind of like, agree. Like, major creepy vibes. I'm like, he like a child. drugs her. Yeah. So, and, like, he lures her back to his house. I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't remember him being this freaking creepy. Yeah. Um... Though I do love, so, like, I love how he is, like, or no, how she is, like, no, we have to stay in Narnia because of Tumnus. Like, I'm the reason he's like this. And then the first thing he does when he realizes Edmund is Lucy's brother, he goes, is Lucy okay? Is she safe? Tell me, like, she's okay. Yeah. And then they have their hug. After he's unstoned. And. Yeah. It's like both of them realizing that each other are okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Also. Creepy, creepy vibes. Why are the only Americans in this film the wolves? Right? (laughs) Why? Why do they. Why? Like. I don't know. 
I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the actors who did the voices couldn't do British accents. I was so just, just like, said, "Oh well." <laughs> what the heck? Like, I don't know. I don't know. As much as I hate the White Witch, I love the little reindeer that pull her sleigh. They are so cute. Yeah. Also, I was like, "This is yeah. freaking adorable." Um. Also. Why are her proportions so weird? Why is I it like know. her ch- like her top half is like a trapezoid? It's like so weird. So like This is getting into weird Narnia lore that like is in the magician's nephew. She is not from mm-hmm. Narnia. I forget the name of the land that she's from, but um young the professor, he goes to the land she's from and like mm-hmm. She like, hike like gets a ride back with him to London. She steals part of a lamp post in London. They somehow magically transport to Narnia, and the first thing she does as she sees this magical lion creating the world is throw the piece of iron from the like, um, like the lamp post from London at the lion, and it sprouts up and creates the the lamp post. Yes. <laughs> My brain hurts. The White Witch is this why Lamp Post is there, basically, is what you get from okay. that story. Because she tries to kill Aslan the moment she steps foot in Narnia. Why? Because she sees a lion and is, like, bad lion. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they still make her proportions so weird. Like she yeah. has like she has like a square at the top. I agree. Her waist comes in and is like the size of like a freaking like rubber band. I agree. And then like she has this giant rest of her body. It's so weird. Uh, I agree. I also don't get the dreads. Why dreads? I don't, I don't understand. I don't either. Though like. Her one outfit, like, in the battle at the very end, kind of yeah. jumping ahead. Um, that's definitely just, like, Aslan's fur that they had just, like, shaved off the night before, right? Definitely. Like, it's, like, so, She's like, wearing it as, like... She's wearing it as, like, a prize. Like, I have... Yeah, she's, like, F you. Yeah. On me. Little does she know, though. Yeah, little does she know that he's Jesus. He explains why he comes back. It's because of the stone. It's not because he's divine. (laughs) Well. There's a line in a later film that I'm like, we'll get to it. Yeah. It's Don Treader. Yeah. Also. Oh, you can go. No, go ahead. I was going to jump, like, way ahead, so. Okay. I was going to say, every time I've seen this, the first movie, I've seen it like two or three times. Yeah. Those freaking Turkish delights look like the best damn thing on this planet. So I tried like prepackaged Turkish delights and they're not good. So I want to try like homemade ones. I'll have to make you some because it's like an Arabic sweet. Yeah. And most of the pre-made ones have way too much rose water in it. 
because yeah. it like tastes like you're eating soap. Yeah. Yeah. So like my like band trip I went to Ireland. My like yeah. hotel roommate and I I like vividly remember her and I getting like prepackaged Turkish delights and watching um The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe in our hotel room one night and us yeah. trying it and yelling at Edmund because they weren't good. Yeah. No, it's because when people make them, like, when companies make them, they put way too much rose water or, like, um, orange blossom water in them, whichever one, and they taste like soap. Yeah. You can can only use, like, a tiny drop of that stuff. Otherwise, like, literally everything tastes like soap. Yeah. It's disgusting. (laughs) Even if you just sniff it too hard, like, you can taste the soap in your mouth. It's awful. (laughs) But yeah, we'll have to make some together so that way they're like decent. Yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw somebody making them and I was like, oh damn, yeah, we're gonna make those. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna have any time no, in Nashville, are. girl. I already planned out the whole I trip. Know. Okay. Just Moving on. Reading your notes. Um. So we're at the well. Wolf who sticks his nose. In I the don't know what you're a little talking derpy, about. Derpy, which makes him cute. I what? I think you're talking about when the beavers and Pevensies are running away from the wolves, destroying the dam. I think so. And one of them is one of them is like the dam. Or oh yeah, their burrow. They're okay. It's not a dam. I mean, beavers make dam or not whatever beavers make. They do make dams, but that's not a dam. That was a burrow. That was, like, on ground. It wasn't in water. True. Um, Speaking of burrow, this is a really weird segue. (laughs) It's one of my notes. Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. Like, as in the burrow? Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Beaver remind me of Arthur and Molly Weasley. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, Netflix has the rights to all, um, all of the books right now for um netflix yeah netflix bought all the rights for um, the narnia stuff they're gonna be making a narnia show or movie in the near future that's cool like with and they have rights to every single one of the books it's not just one of them wow that would be cool i always joke that they should just cast whoever played arthur and molly as the beavers agreed I don't know who would top Liam Neeson, though, for me. For Aslan? Yeah. What if it was, like, Morgan Freeman? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be cool. I just love Liam Neeson. Or, like, like Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Morgan Freeman has a better voice. (laughs) Oh, 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 I know what this is. This is autocorrect. Oh, okay. This says, OMG, that water had to be freezing cold. Oh, yeah. The, like, river? When it's yes. falling apart. Or, like, when it's... um, When they, like, get whooshed through the, yes. through the wave of the And when Lucy almost drowns river. and all Susan does is, yeah. like, this shouldn't, like, yells at Peter the entire movie. I know. It's like, get your priorities straight, girl. Go in and get her. <laughs> She's like, also, no, when they come, 
It's all your <laughs> come fault. up on the riverbank when they're up on the riverbank soaking wet all i can think of is that meme from the incredibles where he goes we're dead we're dead we're alive but we're dead <laughs> also when rapunzel and flynn like flail up onto yeah. the waterbank too yeah um yeah. <laughs> now that we're getting kind of into aslan's camp that little floral dress that Lucy had on, like, under everything when she, um, when they're walking into his camp is adorable. Yes, the green one, right? It's not the green one. I'm talking about, like, right? her still, like, World War Two. Yeah, dress. it's, like, green, right? Yeah. I thought it was, it's like, like white green. and flowers. Yeah, it's, it's, like, green. light green. Okay. Yeah, that one. It's so cute. And then, like, the girls with the flowers in their hair. Yes. Uh, yes. And then when they have their, like, medieval dresses, yeah. it just, ah, ah, I love it. Yeah. I'm like, then next Red Fair, until... I'm dressing up as Susan. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just got back into my Susan cosplay earlier today and um, finally mm-hmm. refil- like filmed stuff. Ooh. Wait, which outfit is it? So I ha- I've made her green camp dress. I have a blue, like, the green. The green one is the one that Aslan gives her, right? The green camp one, yeah. The one that she's wearing. Yeah. In- yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have, like, a World War II, kind of like what she's wearing when they're doing the gastrovascular like scene before high oh yeah um yeah. that and one then edmund and then goes edmund goes is that latin from what is it boringest game ever oh i have the note because um is it latin for the worst game ever invented yeah. <laughs> i thought that was funny um and then i've like made like attempted her coronation dress i want to redo it though no. I love her coronation dress. Yeah. I love all of them. I love all of the yeah. medieval stuff. Give it to me. Too. I'm like such a sucker for all that stuff. Yeah. I wonder how much it would be to get like a replica online because I really don't feel like sewing it. I don't know. I do know th- which one I would buy though. And it's not in this movie. The blue one from Prince Caspian, huh? Yeah. That or her armor in Caspian. Oh. <gasps> We'll get there. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that because I have so many thoughts about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, I love all of the like medieval clothes and fashion and all that me too. stuff. Um, yeah, me too. Especially their coronation outfits. Yeah. That and like adult them at the end. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. With, speaking of which, I forget her name. So I'm scrolling back up to my notes. Um, oh, I didn't even write her name. But adult Who? Queen Lucy is played uh-huh. by Georgie Henley's older sister. Oh, that's cute. You can kind of tell. Yeah. So, like, I think her older sister, like, is, like, 18. So, they're, like, 10 years apart or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were filming the, like, at least the Narnia stuff in New Zealand. Kind of like Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's in cool. New Zealand. And yeah. her sister was just visiting her one day. And, like, all the producers were on the side, like, get her in a dress and let's film the ending real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were trying to, You like, can tell. They were trying to figure out how to cast adult Lucy, because she's supposed to be, like, 18. Yeah. So, like, cast 
the actress's older sister. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Yeah. I also, okay. That's like okay. all of my notes. Yeah. Their coronation outfits are dope. I love the outfits that they're riding when they're adults riding through the forest. Um, okay. I want you to talk about um, the battle. The battle? Oh, what? Because I called, I said, kill that bitch, Peter. Yes. I love that note. I laughed so hard. <laughs> yeah. The Okay. Speaking of, speaking of the white witch, those humanoid vulture things that are like on her side are freaking terrifying. Yes. Yes. Those are actually horrifying. I mean, like, everything on her side is horrifying. I don't think the dwarves are that bad, and I don't the think the minotaur are that bad. bad. And the minotaur isn't bad, but, like, everything else is. All those, like, weird humanoid mixed creatures, yeah. heck to the no. Yeah. Also, I noticed something throughout this what? first movie. As Aslan's army becomes more powerful... The White Witch's crown melts. Yeah. It's cool, right? I noticed that. It's so cool. You can see, because by the time Aslan is at, like, her camp, whatever, to, like, make the agreement with her. Yeah. Or to, to, like, you know, be sacrificed on the stone or whatever. On the stone table, yeah. The stone table, yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Which shows that she really has no power over Aslan. I was like, oh my gosh. I, uh, I'm a genius. <laughs> yes. I'm sure I'm like the 100,000th person to figure this out, but. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Cause I felt my really pastor's smart. kids are watching these movies for the first time, but like in chunks. And they mm-hmm. were talking to me. They're like, Miss Emma, we just finished the Narnia movies. We know you love it so much. And we're just like talking yeah. to me about it. And then they started, I'll, I'll mention wh- where they are in Prince Caspian, but they started mm-hmm. Prince Caspian the other day, and it was hilarious seeing their reaction to the opening of Prince Caspian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I totally get why people think, like, they're the four founders of Hogwarts. Yeah. I totally see it. Yeah. I will say that um, Susan in the books is way more of a Hufflepuff than, like, Susan in the movies. Hmm. Okay. Um, she's very, like, I mean, her title as queen is Susan the Gentle. Yeah. Whereas, like, Lucy is, like, legit Susan, or Lucy the Valiant. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of see, I kind of... Yeah, I but I do totally see, see it though. The four founders, yeah, yeah, and then it kind of falls apart in the other two movies because like they all kind of balance out in the other movies. Yeah, you know, I like, feel like you get more Edmund books and Lucy really yeah. balance out. Yeah, and you get more of Book Susan in the Prince Caspian uh, movie. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll mention one. I think she's scene. my favorite. I love Susan. If I, I think she's my favorite. If I didn't have to choose her, though, because, like, everyone knows I love Susan and that she's my favorite character. Because I did this for every single one of my favorite characters for these movies. Oh, really? Yeah, I chose a different one that wasn't Susan. Um, Smart. I love Peter's journey in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of my notes that I haven't said yet is um, that he seems to me that he is... Um, the song Surface Pressure, like, he would relate to that song from Encanto. 
Oh, so absolutely. Bad. Um, because all he's doing is trying to do what's best for his family while living up to like him being like, I need to save the- these people. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you can just see the pressure on his face, especially in the battle when Edmund gets stabbed. Okay, I take that back. I think Peter's my favorite character. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, I love them all for different reasons. Same. You know? Same. Um, like, it's really hard to choose because I love them all for specific reasons. Yeah. Um, my favorite quote in this one is, once a king or queen of Narnia, always a king or queen of Narnia. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which, weird fun fact. But of the, like, royals that we know of, like, Narnia and of Care Paravel, all of mm-hmm. them have been descendants of humans or humans themselves. From the first Makes king sense. and queen of Narnia. Um, they were Frank Makes and sense. Helen and Magician's Nephew. And Makes ever sense. since then, yeah. Which is why I had to yeah. be humans to save. Oh, yeah. I the four yep. of them. Totally get it. And then Caspian is descendant of humans well he is human yeah he is human but like you know what i mean but like from our world humans yeah yeah no yeah yeah absolutely yeah i have to say though i think my favorite like favorite favorite part of this whole movie is when they're about to go into the battle right and they're just like sitting there and they're waiting and they're watching the white the white witch's army like coming towards yeah. them and then peter peter puts up his sword and he goes for Narnia and for Aslan and they all just like charge and yes. it's like chills every time yes. chills oh. i also love seeing lucy healing everyone yeah but it just it doesn't give me the same it doesn't like, give oh. me the same obviously no but. Yeah. That's like that's like a full body experience when like yeah. they're like charging and that like and he adds in the for Aslan. It's like ugh. I mean it's <laughs> like almost it like I don't want to compare it to Marvel cuz we already have like the ancient one but um yeah. Avengers assemble in Endgame oh, and then everyone running totally, in. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Same vibe. Yes. But better. <laughs> yes. I love it. No, Avengers it's Assembled so good. was, like, a huge moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cap catching the Mjolnir and, like, yes. doing... That's, like, that's like a moment. But this is, like, on a whole nother yeah. level. Like... Yeah. I think, I think so you've good. made me a super fan, Emma. Good job. You've converted me. Not that I didn't like it before. It was fine. I just... It wasn't, like... Yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think part of it is also like my love for like D and D and all that like oh, it's Tolkien so stuff. Yeah, there's... like the whole medieval thing. Like going to the Renaissance Fair is like one of my favorite things. I freaking yeah. love the Renaissance Fair now. I forget the name of the creator on TikTok, but he like like just does like Tolkien and um, C.S. Lewis related stuff with Lord of the Rings and Narnia, and he's doing like a whole D and D campaign as if C.S. Lewis is doing is. Um, like creating a world and is a DM and is creating Narnia <laughs> and Tolkien as a like this is That's just like a okay. series he's doing. I would 
This I is a series he's doing die. on his TikTok. I will send it to you. I would die to be a part of a Narnia campaign. I want to do one so bad. Can we do it on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> That's going to be the episode that we do. Yes. Instead of just like D&D regular, we're going to do that. I know we built these other characters, but like, I don't care. <laughs> so next week. Is it next week? Next week is our D&D session. Okay, we're going to do it another time, but we're going to have to do that. We might have to move it around, though. We might, because I don't know if we're going to get both of those guys. No, yeah. It's so hard to get a hold of Rowan right now. Like, Yeah. We're going to have to move that. Okay. But. We can shuffle. Yeah. Um, so what do you think of Let's the mid credit scene that I always forget exists? Which is why I, I thought it was cute. It. I just always forget it, it exists because, you know, I'm like, none yeah. of the other movies have it. Yeah. No, I, I think it's nice. Yeah. Because, like, if that's the only one you see, it puts kind of a nice little bow on it. Yeah. Well, because, so um, the professor's name is Diggory. He was there when Narnia was created. As in, like, Cedric Diggory? Maybe? Maybe? (laughs) Is this a crossover I smell? Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, But yeah, so, like, Diggory was there. Actually, so, the wood of the wardrobe was this tree. So, Diggory was able to bring this apple back to save his mom from, like, Garden Mm -hmm. of Eden kind of thing. The White mm-hmm. Witch immediately ate from it and is Eve in Narnia. Finger mm. quotes. Um, all around. Um, but he doesn't, and he brings it back to heal his mom. And he buries the core of the apple and the two rings that take them to Narnia in the first place. And, mm-hmm. like, the next day, this giant, like, oak tree forms. And it is chopped down to become the wardrobe. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, yeah. And actually, yeah. the movie wardrobe, it has, like, scenes carved into it of Narnia's creation. I've noticed. That's over cool. Over the years, and it makes me happy. That's really cool. Yeah. They also cool. do that in um, Don Treader. Like, all the, like, murals on the walls of the Don Treader are also, like, Narnia beginning or, like, the Pevensies. And all that yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can see that in the movie. Yeah. They, like, pointed it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really quick. I just really don't like the scene where the white witch, like, kill, like hits the fox and, like, all of the, the like, wolves are like, this is a traitor. Like, it made me so upset. Yeah. Also, how does this, like face when he finds out Edmund is the one who sold him out to the White Witch. Just heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Because, you know, like, moments before he was like, is Lucy safe to this person that ends up being the one that's the reason yeah, he's behind he's... bars. Oh, totally. And is about it's to be like, killed. Ow. Yeah. Definitely ow. Yeah. 
Also, Peter didn't close his eyes when he started counting for hide and seek. Going back to like the way beginning. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was like, um, Peter, you're supposed to close your eyes when you play hide and seek. Come on, man. Yeah, because he goes like you? one, two, three. Yeah. And how are they supposed to out. know? Yeah. Okay. Last thing. Last thing. Okay. I love when Edmund gets on the horse and he goes, go horsey. And the horse goes, my name is Philip. <laughs> it just like, it just like, it was so needed. Like at that point, it's so it serious. You really need that break, you know? Yes. Especially because like Edmund has just been threatened like moments before. Or, like, moments after yeah. being threatened. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's very needed to break the tension. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I'm seeing the Rotten Tomatoes score, and it's not high enough. You should have me do it this time. Okay, well, I already, well, you already on, saw it. Well, for Lion, the Witch, so. and the Wardrobe, we can do the other two. Okay. Um, so what do you think... The critic score and the audience score is for Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I feel like it's low because you just said it's not high enough, but you also I mean, have really I, high standards for this movie. So I it's mean, like... I, I'm rating this movie a hundred percent, like a ten out of ten. I wouldn't give it a ten. I wouldn't give it a hundred percent. Give it a ten out of ten. Okay, I give it like nine and a half out of ten. Okay, but I think. It's like seventy-seven for the critic score, okay. and like eighty-five for audience score. So you were so close on the critic. Oh really? It it was a seventy-six percent. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> and then the audience was a sixty-one. Really? I'm surprised. I'm sad. I'm clicking off of it. Also, I just remembered another thing I wanted to mention, but I can mention any of the others. It's fine. Okay. So shall we move on to the next movie? Yeah, the next one. Go ahead. It's Prince Caspian, and the synopsis is the Pevensey siblings return to Narnia when they are enlisted to once again help ward off an evil king and restore the rightful heir to the land's throne, Prince Caspian. It was also directed by Andrew Adamson, and it came out in 2008, and the cast includes Ben Barnes as Prince Caspian, Georgie Henley as Lucy Pevensey, William Mosley as Peter Pevensey, Skander Keynes as Edmund Pevensey, um, Anna Popolel as Susan Pevensey, Eddie Izzard as um, Repachit, Sergio... That's how you spell it? Yeah. Okay, not how I thought you spelt it. I do not know how to pronounce his last name. Miraz. Catayelo. Catayeto. Okay. Catayeto. You get to say, get to say uh, his actor's name. Yeah, it's uh, Sergio Catayeto, maybe? <laughs> As, As Miraz? Mir- yeah. Miraz? Miraz? I don't Miraz. know. He's I Prince Caspian's uncle. Jason Mraz. <laughs> He's Prince Caspian's uncle. Um, 
Hen Stott as Truffle Hunter, the Badger, um, Peter Dinklage as Trumpkin, Warwick Davis as Sneaker Break, and Liam Neeson as Aslan. Okay, I know you moved Liam Neeson to the bottom <laughs> because you moved him to the bottom. Because at the I was I was just saying this earlier, is that why the heck is Liam Neeson as Aslan listed at the top of all of these lists? He's in like two seconds of this movie. Yes, literally. And the next one. He's in like he's in like Lucy's dream for like two seconds, yep. and then he like shows up for like a minute, and then he's gone. Like. Yeah. What? Yeah. I get it. I get it. In Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he's literally the lion, you know? But. Yeah, like, like that's why him and Tilda Swinton had to be listed first, because he's yeah. the lion and she's the witch. The witch. Yeah. No, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Who played the wardrobe, though? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, it's too, why is he first? Yeah. Um. Anyway. So some fun facts about the movie is Anna Popwell was disappointed that Susan did not get to use her bow that much in the first film. So she mentioned it to Adam or Andrew Adamson and the film's script was altered so she could have more scenes of her using it. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like she used it much more in this film than she did yeah. in the last one. This next one blew my mind. This news came out recently. When they were casting the role of Prince Caspian, the final casting choice was between Ben Barnes and Andrew Garfield. Can you imagine? I just... I love I Ben Barnes feel in this about role. That. I love Ben Barnes in this role. But I'm so curious on how Andrew Garfield would have played Caspian. I wonder if there's a casting tape out there. There has to be somewhere. And I then I feel about that. Yeah. And then the last one that um, our last fun fact is Warwick Davis appeared in the older BBC versions of the Narnia tale and its um, companions. He portrayed Reaper Cheap in Prince Caspian and The Voyage of the Dawn Treader in 1989 and Glim Feather in The Silver Chair in 1990. Which they didn't redo. That's the only version of that there is, right? Yes, until Netflix does it. Uh-huh. They were going to do the silver chair, but then um, the studio lost the rights at that point, like when they were going to try to do it, and the mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis estate was like, no, Netflix, here you go. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. But they were going to do the silver chair with Ben Barnes as Caspian. Cause the Honestly, silver- good. Yeah. Which, I like him as Caspian. Yeah, I do too. Um, we'll talk more about kind of silver chair related stuff in the next one because we meet his queen in the next one, so only fitting. His queen? The star. Huh? The star is his oh. queen. Really? <laughs> yes. I don't know how I feel about her. I'll get to my thoughts about her later. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so him as Reepicheep, Warwick Davis, is terrifying. I really? need you to look up Reepicheep BBC real quick. How do you spell it? R-E-E. Here, I'll just T- do it. And oh, I'll there it is. Reepicheep Narnia. No, literally, I just typed in R-E-E-P oh. and it came up. BBC. Make sure you do BBC. Yeah, the old one came up. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> Jibbity Christmas. 
Oh, and is that supposed to be Lucy? I think the blonde girl. Yes. No, brunette girl. No, that's Susan then. With like a bowl cut? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. No. Oh my gosh, she's wearing sunglasses. I'm dead. Oh my gosh. What are those pants? Those are Chuck E. Cheese pants. God, Emma, I need to show you. I need you to see what I'm seeing right now. Turn oh, on screen sharing, please. I need you to see this because okay, I am dying. I am dead. This is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Okay. Share. Are you seeing? <laughs> Dad sunglasses, Chuck E. Cheese pants. Yeah, can we just compare it to the actual Reepicheep from um, this, this one. movie? Yeah. Yeah, this one's way better. Yeah, it is. No, the, Reep- the CGI Reepicheep is so much better. He's adorable. He's so... Oh my gosh, look at that. Wait, can I buy face. it? Yeah, wait, wait. Go back. You can buy the suit. You can buy the suit. Oh my god. Mr. Go up. I don't know. I saw a picture of the suit just like sitting there and it said sold. What? (laughs) There it is. Sold. This? Yes. Oh my god. (laughs) That looks disgusting. (laughs) It looks like it did. It it is disgusting. (laughs) That looks like (laughs) Kara, you should probably cut a lot of this out like the part where we're just like talking about like ew that looks gross but like the part where we explain it is fine yeah chuck e cheese <laughs> okay i like chuck e cheese <laughs> okay i'm done oh my gosh the prince caspian in this one looks terrible also the blonde kid the the curly hair so they recast pre- uh so john treader is supposed to be like years later and not like what appears to be a couple years later. Yeah. With these actors, like, Prince Caspian, in the book, Prince Caspian is 13 during the events of the book. No. He is a child. No. Yes. Well, I mean, if Peter's supposed to be 13 too, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. And he and Susan don't have, like, a weird, um... Like, unspoken plot. romance. Yeah. I actually didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Also, I love how this film starts in Narnia. I mean, it kind of starts in Narnia, but the Pevensies aren't there. I know, but like, we, we see Narnia prior to Pevensie showing up rather than the other two, where it's like, oh, Pevensies are here. Now we can yeah. see Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Edmund coming to Peter's defense in that train fight thing. Oh, yeah. First movie, Edmund wouldn't. No. I wrote, OMG, why are they fighting? And then when he's like, and then when he was like, oh, like, they treat me like a kid. And Susan's like, it's because you are a kid here. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow, now we really see, like, the toll that, like, living in Narnia for 10 years yeah like can you imagine like he was 
what if we said that he was like 17 in this he was 27 yeah like he was like almost in his 30s like let me tell you Edmund and Lucy had it worse because they had to go through puberty twice oh way worse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> way worse no Lucy got back and she was like well I guess there's an upside to this and then like th- four or five years later she's like damn it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. yeah um I love how so they're standing in coronation order when they like realize that they are in the old throne room in Care Parable. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is my least favorite Narnia entrance for the Pevensies. Yeah, it was kind of boring. Yeah. I really like Don Treader. I think that's the only good thing about Don Treader. Mm, there's some other good things about There's Don some Treader. other good things. But, like, I, but I that's my favorite. I think that was good. Yeah. I mean, but the wardrobe is, like, it's iconic. So iconic. Like, her pulling off the, like, tarp that's around it. Yeah. That is so iconic. Yeah. Um, yeah, when, like, when you see that, oh, gosh, what, how do you say it? Care, Care Paravel? Care Paravel. Yeah, when right. you see that it's, like, totally destroyed and they're, like, it was attacked. I, like, I wrote, their thrones are gone. And then I did the gasp emo- gasping emoji, like, the emoji with just, like, yeah. the circle's eyes with the hand over the mouth. It's, like, oh, my God, they're gone. Yeah. And it's, like, oh, well, I guess it's been... 1300 years with no upkeep or after an attack makes sense what i'm reading one of your notes which one that you would name your child after a character from this film yeah absolutely you would i would sorry i honestly think that aslan is a really cute name for a girl (laughs) i don't honestly aslan i think it's a very cute name yeah. No, knowing you, you'd name your kid like Susan or like Lucy or something. No, Lucy is no? off the table. So, weird Narnia history with me. When I was a child, I got into it like when the movie came out, the first one came out in 2005 when I was like four. The next year, mm-hmm. my sister was born. Oh, that's right. And you said to name your your sister Lucy, right? Yeah, so I can't name my child yeah. Lucy after it no. almost being my sister's name. Nah. But you would name a ca- your child Susan. Yeah, or Peter. Or Peter. Or anything that could be shortened to Ed. Yeah. Or Aslan. <laughs> no. I think I would. I like that name. It's. I think it's a nice name. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, you're telling me you wouldn't name your child Mr. Beaver? <laughs> or Tumnus? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the oh, White Witch. Hold up. Her name is Jadis. J- they never mention that ever. They do on like the like this is a police order thing. By her royal majesty Jadis. No. Everyone calls her the White Witch, but the guard in his like this house has been or this person has been seized note when they're like, Oh, let's go to the police this is the first one. We're done. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into first one rants. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, I was well. confused at the beginning. Okay. At the beginning of Prince Caspian. Yes. 
you know, the baby's born and blah, blah, blah. And then all those guys go into that room and then they shoot into like the, the fabric canopy thing. They're trying thing. to kill Caspian because the only reason okay. the uncle's keeping him alive as long as he was was because he didn't have an heir. Okay. And then he had a son and now yes. he's trying to kill him. Yes. Why? So his son could be the heir. Because Caspian is the son of King Caspian, who his uncle or killed. His, yeah. Who his yeah. uncle Hamleted, basically. Yeah. Basically. Oh my gosh, this is like Lion King. Yes. So then, technically, Caspian would be next in line until there was a proper male heir. Okay. Because. Of the uncle. Not the uncle, only because. Wait, because the uncle took over the throne? Yeah. But if Caspian is the rightful heir, then the son of the uncle wouldn't have been the king because Caspian... Okay, I get it now. Yeah. Because Caspian is the rightful heir to the throne and the uncle is just, like, filling the spot until Caspian is of age or whatever. Yeah. Okay, I get it now. I was really confused at the beginning. I was like, are they trying to kill the guy or the baby? No, the baby. Or the guy. The guy. Um, yeah. Also, can we talk about how the Telmarine or like Caspian's outfit just looks like um, like a medieval version of Flynn Rider? Oh, I thought that too. I wrote that as a note. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Something else was very... Co- Wait, when, when did they say, might this help? And then I said, lol, yeah, it would. Oh, I know when. It's when um Peter rips his shirt and like tries to make a torch and it's like, You guys have do you have any matches? That's right. And then Edmund's like, No. But here's a flashlight. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um Okay, but no, when they go I was really confused by this part too. I was like, Emma will explain it to me. When they go down into like the little like area where all of their like stuff has been in their boxes or whatever, you know, that was like protected from whenever like care, care how do you say it? Care Paravel. Thank you. Care Paravel was attacked and like destroyed and whatever. Yes. And all their stuff was in there. And Susan says, Ah, oh, my horn, I must have left it here. But then Prince Caspian blows the horn so and then they show it up. It is on her saddle when they're going after the stag when they go through the wardrobe again and go back to London. So, like, when they're adults at the end of cast or at yeah, the end no. of when they went to the wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She no, left her I get bow that. at home, which is why it's in Care Paravel. They never found her. Oh, that was the... That was her quiver she was pulling out of the box. Yeah. I thought that was the horn. Because she was saying, my horn, no. I must have left it on my horse. And I was like... I was like, but I thought Caspian had the horn. I was so confused. So, speaking of the horn, thank you. Um, Every single one of, like, the Father Christmas gifts have, Mm -hmm. like, a lion or Aslan on them. Peter's is the most obvious with the, like, sword, or the, like, sword handle having... The hilt? Like, the lion. But the horn, since the horn is a lion's mouth. Lion's head, yeah. And then... um, Lucy's cordial has like a lion pendant on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I it makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Um. So, okay. the part about book Susan coming out 
with her title being queen the gentle is mm-hmm. when even though the bear is about to kill lucy like that bear mm-hmm. is going for the kill she doesn't want to shoot yeah because she's trying like in the book she tries to talk reason to the bear but of course the bear has been silenced for so long he can't speak and be reasoned to yeah because he's just a bear now yeah not so like, peter Dinklage like bear. shoots him yeah that's peter Dinklage. yeah Wait, he's like the main one yeah he's the main one and then warwick davis is the black one that they kill the one with the black hair yeah the one that like tries to bring the white witch back that one's warwick davis and peter Dinklage is the main one <laughs> i don't even recognize them no no, their makeup is so good. You can't yes. even recognize them. I had no idea. You can the tell whole time. Warwick Davis for his voice. Okay, I'll have to pay attention next time I watch it. But I was like, I was like, is that one Peter Dinklage or is that one Peter Dinklage? I don't know. Yeah. And now you know. Now I know. <laughs> wow, my whole world has been shook. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but when, okay, after that bit, when they're, after they've killed the bear and, like, they're all standing there with, like, their weapons and stuff and Edmund is holding the sword, he just looks so awkward the way he's standing there. Yeah. Like, he's not even, like, like holding it, like, in battle. He's just, like, like limply holding it. Yeah, and, like, I know exactly he's, like, what he's just, like, standing there so weird. Yeah. I don't even know. I was, like, what's his deal? Why is he all weird? I don't know. Also, I called Reaper Cheap Mouse Puss in Boots, and I think yes. that's the most accurate statement of this whole episode. I love Reaper Cheap. Reaper Cheap is absolutely. I love him more mouse in Don Treader. I agree. But I love Reaper I agree. Cheap. Me too. They dealt his <laughs> character more in in Don Treader, which is probably oh. why we like him. So. Yeah. Um, I like. I like this. This is like in that same time frame. I really love when they're like trying. <gasps> yes, to find when they're trying to find the river. And they're like um, the like map thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Peter goes. Oh yeah, oh, yeah like it, girls can't have maps in your head. <laughs> and Lucy, goes, I can't. I think is it's it Lucy, Lucy or is it Susan? I think it's Lucy and Susan like kind of agrees with Lucy. Yeah. Okay. But Lucy goes, that's because our heads actually have something in them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to like go a little bit back. But my, I think one of my favorite scenes of this film is mm-hmm. when Caspian gives his speech rallying the Narnians after the horn has been blown. The one yeah. where he's like, two years ago, I didn't believe that you guys existed and now this horn brought us together. Even if no one comes, we have to fight. Yeah. Like that rallying mm-hmm. the troops. That, in the that one is really good. Seat. That one's really good. We'll get to my favorite later because okay. it's really similar to my favorite from the last one. Okay. <laughs> um, but okay, so like there's that moment when Lucy's like, no, it's Aslan. Like, he wants us to go this way. Like, he wants us to follow him. And they're like... I'm so glad you made this note. <laughs> yeah, because, like, they're like, no, Lucy, we shouldn't. Like, how are we going to do that? Like, I don't see Aslan. Like, he's clearly not here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, are you really going to doubt her? Really? Really? After last time when you said she was just making up that she was in Narnia? Like, mm-hmm. come on. 
Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then and then Edmund goes, "Really, guys? Are we gonna doubt her?" And I was like, "Thank you." Yeah, I love that Edmund is the one to say it because usually it's Me Peter too. being the good big brother to Lucy. Like, I feel like Lucy and Peter are kind of like the pair together. Uh-huh. Like, there's that one scene, like after the castle raid. Which is not a scene in the book at all. They just added it for action in the middle for no reason. I mean, I didn't mind it. I I didn't didn't mind mind it, it. but I was like, this is like very, very dramatic. This is, yeah, why would you do this? It is like legit suicide. Yeah. But yeah, and yeah, the whole, the whole, like, if Aslan was here, like that whole thing, yeah, advice she gives to him. Yeah. Yeah. She was, and she's right. Yeah. She's totally right the whole time. And Caspian and Caspian and Peter are sitting there arguing about what's the best strategy, die there or die here. And Lucy's like, um, hello. And they're like, remember shut up, who, you're just a kid. Yeah, like, remember who killed the White Witch in the first place? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was Aslan who, like, did he, like, just, like, pounce and murder her then and there and eat her is I don't that what he ate he... her she disappears <laughs> i think i don't think he ate her i don't I think, yeah i think her body dematerialized okay her, whatever was keeping her alive her magic True. or whatever was was broken when aslan i don't know I don't know. I don't yeah. want to think about that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. So I was really curious to know, literally this entire movie, how the hell all these humans got there. Because the last time I checked, Lucy, Susan, Edmund, and Peter were the last four humans to ever step foot in Narnia. Yeah. And the only humans for a long time to ever step foot in Narnia. I was like, um what <laughs> and then the end of the movie like legit tells you it's like aslan like this is where you came from yeah and i was like wow you couldn't have introduced this like hours ago you couldn't have made this the beginning yeah that would have been cool if it was like narnia 1300 years ago and it was like all these people just like magically showing up out of nowhere yeah that would be interesting the telmarines do exist during the golden age of Narnia, which is the Pevensey's rule. Yeah, it would have been really, oh, what would have been really cool, get this, if, like, after the Pevensey's go back into the wardrobe, like, the adult Pevensey's, if it, like, panned over and we see, like, the Telmarines coming out of, like, wherever they're coming from. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Telmar, I think is where they're from. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. I really hope with these Netflix Narnia stuff, we get more of the golden age of Narnia, of the Pevensey's initial rule. Me too. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Because we get more medieval outfits. I mean, if, yes! they, do, if they do Horse and His Boy, we will get a story that takes place in golden age of Narnia. Mm-hmm. But the Pevensies aren't really there. Which is fine. Yeah. So you know 
when after Lucy wakes up after her dream where she dreams <gasps> yes! of Aslan. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, and she's like wandering around, and then all of a sudden, Peter just like grabs her <laughs> and like covers her mouth. Yes, I was like, Jesus Christ, Peter, Jesus, like, <laughs> yeah, um, you could have done that so much nicer than that. That was horrifying. Yeah, speaking of Peter, one of my favorite moments of him in this movie is when they're introducing themselves to Peter Dinklage. And he's like, oh, I'm Peter the Magnificent. Or I'm High King Peter the Magnificent. And Susan's like, you could have left that last bit off. And Peter Dinklage <laughs> is like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. That's like one of my favorite moments. That and um, also when Prince Caspian and like Peter have their sword fight, like right when they meet each other. I know. And then Susan, like runs out and is like Peter and he's like Hi King Peter Yeah Why you'd be and older. Like, <laughs> I know and I was like I mean technically they are Yeah Technically I mean her being like Susan being like a Sue Caspian at the end I mean I am thirteen hundred years older than you. Yeah exactly <laughs> That line kills yeah. me. Yeah I agree. You know what I thought was, like, absolutely adorable? What? When they show up at the, the stone table. Yeah. And it's, like, it's, like, it's a tomb now, right? Like, it's, like, yeah. a tomb. And they have all of the centaurs there with their little swords. And then there's the little <gasps> yes. baby centaur. And it's so cute. And they, like, helps him lift up his little sword. Oh, my gosh. It's just, like, ah, my heart. Yeah. But then that's when they get in the fight. Well, that's when Caspian and Peter get in that big old argument about what to do. And Lucy's like, I think we should wait for Aslan. And they're like, well, where is Aslan? I was like, yeah, seriously, where the hell is he? Yeah. That is like, like him in both of these movies. They're just like, we're not going to have him until the very end. Yeah. They're like, we're just going to have him show up for about two minutes, do some voodoo lion magic, and then yeah. dip. Like, <laughs> also, one thing that, like, so, I don't know how to describe this, but Susan doesn't, like, turns away from Narnia in the books by the end of the- I saw that. I was scrolling through. I followed the, I followed the Narnia hashtag on TikTok, and I was yeah. scrolling through, and I saw this thing that was like, Susan is no longer a friend of Narnia, and I was like, ah. Yeah, so- <laughs> One thing that I've noticed, I noticed while rewatching the films is everyone else gets their own special moment with Aslan except for her. Hmm. Peter gets that talk on the mountain and Lion, the Witch, in the mm-hmm. Wardrobe. Lucy gets, like, one in A every ton. movie. And yeah. he gets the one after him being with the White Witch. And mm-hmm. um, he's like, don't talk about it anymore. Even Eustace gets one. Yeah. After he's turned back from the dragon. We'll yeah. There. But like. Even Caspian gets one. Even Caspian gets one. But Even Reapercheep gets one. one. Yes. Everyone gets one except for her. Of course she's going to freaking turn away, Aslan. You stupid. I mean, he. I mean. <sighs> yeah. 
I don't know. I was like, I was, I almost started crying when I saw that. I was like, this is like the saddest day of my life. Yeah, because there's like the seven friends of Narnia and it's Diggory and Polly who are Diggory and his friend that he travels to Narnia with. Mm-hmm. The three of the four Pevensies mm-hmm. and then Eustace, so the cousin, and then his friend Joe Pole. What? His friend what? Jill Pole. Oh, I was like, what? What is that? What is that name? Joe Pole. <laughs> yeah, no, I was yeah. lost. Um, let's see. So, shall we get into Susan's armor? Yes, I think so Marvel take some freaking notes. Thank you. This is DC, what I wanted to talk take about. Take some damn notes right now. This is what I wanted to talk about in the episode where we covered, like, um, the Marvel over-sexualization of, like, women's costumes in these Marvel films. Oh, my gosh. Is Susan. It is both, like, very feminine and, like, like, you know. pretty. Stylish and pretty. But it's it's effective. Yeah, like, she's not gonna die. Yeah, I mean, it could have gone all the way down her arm. But, like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to give them credit where credit is due. I understand it with, like, Arrow. Yeah, it might have caused problems. Okay, yeah. I get that. Okay, yes. But it's so... It's so all of the vital delicious. organs are protected by that, like, yes. thick leather, whatever that is. The, like, harness? Yeah. And then the chainmail. Yeah. It's... <sighs> it just... It's so good. I think and I it's pretty. Like, I want to wear it. I think I have to add it to my cosplay list. Yeah. Sean, are you willing to cosplay Caspian? <laughs> you know he will. I know. That boy loves you so much, you know he will. <laughs> I know. Oh, but yes, it is just so good. Yeah. Marvel also, needs we... to take some freaking notes. Her, like, almost... Okay, we're going to go to this stupid castle raid because she does wear the armor at the castle raid as well. Yes, she does. Okay. Hmm. I have some thoughts about this castle raid. Why did they leave Caspian alone? Right? Like, and they all knew that he had to go after the uncle, right? Or, yeah. like, after the, like, professor guy. Or, I don't want to call him the professor guy. The tutor guy. Yeah. His wizard teacher guy. <laughs> well, like, this tutor is, and he says it in the movie, he's half narnian like he's half dwarf and half human yeah so like yeah i don't know i think okay and then because i think in the book he kind of just like escapes and shows up at camp which doesn't make sense so they had to get the tutor guy there there yeah i get that i don't know i have a lot of thoughts about stupid it absolutely is and then Okay, really quick. Every time they say, like, for Narnia as their battle cry, I, like, get teary-eyed. I, like, start to tear up. Um, But I feel like in this part of the film, like, and even before, I feel like Peter is just so freaking angry this whole movie. Yes. I think it's because he's seeing what happened after he left Narnia. Like, the surface pressure of it all, like... Not even just in Narnia. Like, even when they're on, like, the platform. True, yeah. Like, he's just so angry. Yeah. So. It also might be a little bit, like, I know Edmund, like, we see him try to 
enlist in the army, like, Peter probably, mm-hmm. we, we could get hints that he probably also did the same. Yeah, probably. Also, then, a note that neither of us wrote is that dorky guy at the beginning that's trying to hit on Susan. Right? <laughs> what is the and point Susan, of this guy? And Susan being like, oh, my name's Phyllis. And like, Lucy running off immediately and being like, Susan! Susan! <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I don't get the point of that guy. But no, I was going to say... That whole castle raid, what really upset me is at the end when Susan's leaving and like she's like, like they're retreating and she's like, where's Caspian? And it's like, Caspian, Susan, where the heck is your brother? Where is Edmund? He's he's gone. You don't even know where he is. He is gone. (laughs) Yeah, like you're yelling at Peter the whole first movie about like, hey, yo, where is our brother? It's all your fault that he ran away. Yeah, like keep an eye on him, and then, and then, like, (laughs) yeah, like I was like, um, Susan, do you even know he's still up there? Like, like had it not been for that, like, feed or what is it? What are they? Not Phoenix, the hippogriff, griffins. No, griffin. Yeah, had it not been, yes, a hippogriff is a name of for a griffin, but in Harry Potter, yeah, but yes. When the Griffins, like, come to get him, like, how was she supposed to know he was going to be there? How did they know? Like, they didn't know. They didn't. Yeah. And, like, if Edmund was already retreating, they probably could have saved at least, like, one or two people on that Griffin. Yeah. <gasps> that whole Not thing. Not the centaur. Really I mean, the centaur me. was gone. No. The centaur was, that was it. Yeah. That Minotaur was really cool for just, like, standing there and taking a beating I while, know. All these, while all his, like, like, compatriots left. Yeah. And also made I... me really sad. Also. So... Sorry, right. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, when they're, like, at the gate and, like, Peter's, like, contemplating of, like, staying oh, or gosh. going. And then yeah. the, one, the one centaur goes... Do it for, or in the name of Aslan, I yeah. just like sobbed. Yeah. I lost it. I was like crying. And then you so see Edmund hard. flying over and seeing all of the dead Narnians. It's like painful. I think Edmund takes on the surface pressure of Peter. Absolutely. In this film and the next. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next thing I was going to talk about, actually, to like right into it, when Warwick Davis is like, you know who would have actually like solved all this Telmarine stuff? The White Witch. As soon as they came up, I said, they better not bring the White Witch into this. I said, they better not. And then she showed up and I said, damn it. I and really she like had manipulates to. Caspian. Yeah. And I was like, Peter. You really had to. And then... Right? And Peter. And then I was like, how cool would it be if, like, Edmund was the one to, like, quote-unquote kill her? And then he did. And I was like, yes. Yes. I mean, he had to. Yeah. They, it, but she still comes back. 
Is the weird like, the circle? Thing. Yeah. The circle of like the the relationship between those two has been closed once he kills her. Like that is yes. his like retribution. Yes. That is his redemption or whatever for not killing her in the in Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe in that first battle when she like overtakes well, him and then like Peter has to go and then Aslan kills her, right? Yeah. But then they bring her back in the stupid mist and I will get into that. I think that mist oh, is the I stupidest freaking part of movie. these movies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Thing to see. Um Wait, that witch oh Susan's armor is stylish and effective. Yeah. Well I think I my note was um can we talk about Susan Ar- Susan's armor? It's great. It actually does a good job of protecting her well-being armor for a female character. <laughs> cough, cough, superhero genre. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, during the Peter-uncle fight <laughs> at the What's camp. What's his name? Mraz. Yeah, Mraz. Was there weird slow-mo at one point for you? Yes. <laughs> I was, my, like, note for that scene is, why does it do that weird slow-mo thing during the fight? Or is it just my Disney Plus lagging? No, it, it's it's a part of the movie. Why? I don't know. But you know what I thought was really funny? Is it was like, oh, why are you so good for your age? And I was like, hmm, maybe it's because he's actually, like, 10 to 15 years older than he actually looks like yeah yeah just a thought and then they're like okay we're gonna spare him and then like the telmarine guy kills him right (laughs) and he's like traitors treachery they killed him i was like did nobody see that (laughs) no obviously not I was like, there's like four people standing right there. Did nobody see that? I was like, really? Or it was a plan. Or it was a plan. Yeah. But for a while there, I really thought that the general of the Telmarines was going to turn. I really no. thought. No. Not like not like the main general. The one that he like beats up and he is like, how many people really were killed in that siege or whatever? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I thought he was going to, like, actually turn on them, but he didn't. Yeah, I was like, damn it, that would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I said. Damn, I really thought that guy was on our side. <laughs> yeah. So there is an ex- or like a deleted scene that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of developing more of the romantic relationship they try to give Susan and Caspian in this. I don't mind it. I thought it was fine. I don't mind it. But it's like, I don't know. I don't think it takes over the whole plot line. So I don't really bother. It's fine. I feel like that's like a very natural way to go about it. Like you spend a lot of time with somebody and then like feelings are bound to develop. Like, I don't know when in the movie would would have taken place. But it's Susan Mm -hmm. teaching like an archery lesson to like all the archers that end up fighting with her. Okay. And, like, none of them hit a bullseye, and she, like, makes this whole comment about, well, Rome wasn't built in a day. And one of the Narnian goes, what's Rome? Oh, And Cassie really goes cute. up and is like, you need help? And she's like, no, I got this. Go away. <laughs> Very Susan. <laughs> yeah. And then I think he ends up, like, 
Or, like, no, he shoots first, and then she's like, oh, which one of you? And then he comes up and is like, hi, I can help teach you, teach you guys. It's like, yeah. no, I got this. Let me have my moment. Yeah, I think that would have been okay. I don't think that would have been that bad. No. Although, this movie is so incredibly long. They could have they could have cut the castle siege. Absolutely. It was unnecessary. I think they could have cut the castle siege and put in the Caspian and Susan training scene with the archers. I agree. That castle siege was so long and so unnecessary. Honestly, the only thing the you guy it for, doesn't do anything. No, he anyway. doesn't. The only like kill the tutor you, guy. Or if you really need to get him there and have him do something actually, but like if you really need to get him there, have it be like a sneak miss- mission. Don't make it like a surprise attack. Like make it like they're on like a stealth mission, just going, getting him, and leaving. Yeah, because they have to like. With how many ever Telmarine soldiers Reaper Chief has killed, they have to have enough armor to, like, Wizard of Oz sneak attack in. Oh, totally. And then, like, there'll be, like, this argument between Peter and Caspian where Caspian is like, no, I have to find my uncle and murder him in his sleep. And Peter's going to be like, no, you're better than that. And then, you know. Yeah. Well, it's and, so like, easy. Peter lets Caspian have the final blow and Caspian's like, no. Yeah. Caspian, literally, we got in this whole big ordeal because you wanted to kill this guy, and now when it's your time to kill this guy, you say no. Yeah. He was infuriating. But then by the time we got to by the time we got to the part where they were doing the like one-on-one battle between Peter and yeah. Mraz, I was like, how in the hell is there 40 minutes left in this movie? I know. I was like, this um, is it. This is the end of the movie. Like, it's done. Multiple times. I thought that after the castle siege, after the fight, after the big fight, and it still wasn't over. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, at the end of this movie, we get Susan's blue dress. Which is so good. Her, like, and then, off the shoulder okay. one. Yes. Yes, go ahead, go ahead. This is I good. I love it so much. It's so pretty. So pretty so pretty but i was gonna say at the end of lion the witch in the wardrobe aslan is like i'm bouncing out and he just leaves and they're like never hear from him again but then at the end of this one the battle's over he didn't even freaking do anything but like battle's over and he's just like chilling hanging out around the castle walking around talking with susan and peter and it's like decide either you disappear or you don't yeah I really don't like the way that they did as I think Aslan was done perfectly in the first movie. The rest of them, garbage. And I think it's C.S. Lewis's writing. Garbage. Yeah. Um, like, oh. I love that Peter gives Caspian his sword. I kind of don't. Really? Yeah. Who else would he give the sword to? I don't know, Edmund. He's passing it on to the next king. I mean, Caspian ends up giving Edmund the next sword. The sword. The sword back. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's such a slap in the face to Edmund. I feel like had... Well, like, he doesn't know when Edmund's returning next. It could be yeah. years after Caspian. Yeah. I don't know. I'm torn because you're totally right. He has to give it to, like, the person who's actually going to stay. But I feel like it's such, like, so mean to Edmund, you know? And he talks about yeah. it in Don Treader that it's, like... Peter chose like, you. Yeah. And that, like, totally is a blow to his confidence. He's like, ow, that hurts. Like, he chose you over me. Yeah. 
also, then Caspian has that whole yeah. thing where he's like, you guys are more my family than anybody else. And then it's like really nice and it's a cute moment. So, yeah. So I love the music in this film and I love the call, which is that weird song that they do like out of place. That's like the we started out as a feeling which then grew. It's at the very end. It's when they're getting into um, London again, when they walk through the tree and it's that yeah. quiet song. Like, yeah. why is it all instrumental until that song? I, I love the song. It's a beautiful song. I love all of the music in all the movies. It's very yeah. nice. It's like, so I feel cool. like it's one of those soundtracks you could just, like, put on and, like, do stuff and you just, like, feel like you're in a movie with everything you do. Yeah. I listen to it while I'm doing homework and it makes me feel like I'm in Narnia. The Harry Potter soundtrack does the same thing. Yeah. Thank you, John Williams. I don't know who wrote the music for... It's, um, the day we're recording it is John Williams' birthday. Happy birthday, John Williams. Yeah. I don't know how old he's turning. Good for him, though. Yeah. So. Harry Gregson Williams. Who? Is the Narnia composer guy. Who? Harry Gregson Williams. Hmm. Have you done anything else? Is it John Williams' child? That would be cool. Oh, this is why he was, for the first two Narnia films, he did the Sh- he was the Shrek franchise guy, too. <laughs> it's like Tim Burton all over again. <laughs> Everybody's like Tim Burton. Yes. He does a lot of the DreamWorks. Though he did the Tigger movie. That's not DreamWorks. Thing. So, did we even talk about like all of our talking points? We did, except for my least favorite moment. But we talked about what my least favorite moment is, like that scene. Okay. But yeah, we didn't like talk about favorite characters or anything. Caspian in this one. Yeah. Um, I right? think mine. I think mine in this one is Lucy. I like the journey she goes on in this one. Yeah. I do too. I we'll we'll get into my thoughts. Um, on Don Treader, Lucy. But I love Prince Caspian, especially like the short journey he goes through in the like first like twenty minutes of like mm-hmm. not believing in talking dwarves or centaurs or minotaurs or all those Narnian creatures. You mean talking animals? Then, or talking animals? What did I say? Talking dwarves. talking dwarves. I was like, dwarves could always talk. You know what I meant. But yeah, like, he's, like, doing that whole, like, speech. Because, like, like, think about it. He's just, like, a scared, like, sheltered kid. Yeah, he really is. He doesn't know anything. No. I liked, I liked when they, like, lifted up the back of the tailgate, and it said, you have, you were right to fear the woods. Yeah. I was like, oh, Hell yes, it is on. Let's go. Also, if we're going to talk about favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes in the whole Narnia series is, if you were any braver, you'd be a lioness. It's Aslan to Lucy. That one was really good. (sighs) That was really good. That's why I sort later movie and book Lucy as Mm -hmm. Gryffindor is like Mm -hmm. lines like that one. Yeah. I like 
I think that's my favorite scene is the one where like she and Aslan like finally yeah. like meet up. Yeah. I think that's definitely my favorite. Also, when the Pevensies like realize that they're in Care Paravel. Yeah. It's like, I love that out. Because you hear like the when like the Narnia music swell and the like mm-hmm. the the lamppost music specifically. Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't even want to know the Rotten Tomatoes and critic score for this. Uh, take a guess. Well, what would you rate it? I think we all know, but what would you rate it? So I'm going to rate this one a little bit lower just because of that castle siege, and it's going to be a 9 out of 10. Not my lowest Narnia movie. Okay. But, I'm also yeah. going to give it a 9 out of 10 just because it's very long. Yeah. It's longer than the first movie for no reason. Yeah. And they could cut the castle siege out and it'd be like 30 minutes shorter. And it would be perfectly fine. Yeah. Yep. I don't want another on tomato. I'm pretty sure. Take a guess. Score. It was like, what, a 76 and a 65 for Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Mm-hmm. So I'll go, even though I don't want to say this number for this movie, a 65 for Critic, Mm -hmm. and a 58 for Audience. Okay, your Critic score was one point off. It's 66% for Critics. So that was really good. Twice in one episode, we were both one off. Heck yeah. yeah. Of your audience score, you're going to like it a little bit better. It's 73%. Okay. It's higher than Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's salty, you guys. So go on to go on to Rotten Tomatoes and boost the audience score for Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe for yes. goodness sake. Yes, please. They're just going to see like that an will be influx. Your birthday. That will be my birthday present. Um, yeah, the listeners from from the the fam fatals. Yeah, the fam fatals with an M. Yeah, <laughs> that was cringy AF. Okay, we can move on. Um. So speaking of Narnia, these are like your of the books. Yeah, these are like your favorite books. Yes. Not only are these movies, movies, right? As you've mentioned, they're also great books yes and there are many more than what we actually have and there's going to be more in the future hopefully well more films in the future or tv shows or whatever Mm -hmm. but for now if people want to get more narnia stories emma how can they how can they get these stories where can they find these other stories so on Audible, you can get all seven titles in the Chronicles of Narnia series for one credit. It is under the Chronicles of Narnia adult box set. And that includes The Magician's Nephew, which is the prequel to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Horse and His Boy, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Silver Chair, and The Last Battle. And it is 33 hours and 45 minutes of audio content for one credit. And it is narrated by Kenneth Branagh. Some may know him as Godoroy Lockhart in the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Alex Jennings, Michael York, 
Lynn Redgrave, Derek Jacoby, uh, Jeremy Northam, and Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't already have Audible, first of all, where have you been, friend? Come on. Come on. Yeah. But if you're not already on Audible, there is going to be a link in the description of this episode. And if you go follow that link, audibletrial.com forward slash fanfatales, then you're going to get a free trial of Audible for a whole month. And you know what? With that free trial, with that sign up, you get one Audible credit if you're not a Prime member. If you are a Prime member, like 99% of people I know like are. Yeah, because we're Prime members. Prime got members. this crown on Prime, Amazon Prime. Same. I got all my tiaras on Amazon Prime. But if you're a Prime member, like we are, you can go get two Audible credits just for using the trial. And you know what the best part about Audible is that I love? Is that when your free trial is up, is it 30-day free trial? 30-day free trial is up. 30-day free trial. When your 30-day free trial is up, they're going to send you an email that says, hey, your 30-day free trial is up. We're going to charge your card unless you cancel it. Because you know what? Many places do not give you that courtesy. You know what they say? They say, we're going to charge you anyway. This is the day we're going to start charging you. If you forget, too bad. And then you have a service you've paid for for a year and a half and you never used it. Yes. So thank you, Audible, for that awesome, awesome service. So again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash fanfatales. And you can get the Chronicles of Narnia adult box set, which I absolutely am going to do. Oh, yeah. And Kenneth Branagh does the first one. So he does Diggory's Tale. Perfect. And Sir Patrick Stewart does The Last Battle, which we've kind of spoiled in this episode, but it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) So, yeah. Go go get that on Audible. Thanks. Thanks, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. Thanks, Audible. Moving on. (laughs) So our last movie we are discussing is The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And the synopsis is Lucy and Edmund Pevensey return to Narnia with their cousin Eustace, where they meet up with Prince Caspian, now king, for a trip across the sea aboard the royal ship the Don Treader. It was directed by Michael Apted. Apt? Apt? I don't know. I, I'm so sorry, Michael Apted. Apt. It came out in 2010, and the cast includes Georgie Henley as Lucy Pevensey. Gander Keynes as Edmund Pevensey, Ben Barnes as Caspian, Will Poulter as Euston Scrub, Simon Pegg as Rupert Cheap, and Liam Neeson as Aslan. Yep. She also moved Aslan to the bottom of this one as well, after I complained about it earlier. Because yep. he was at the top. I don't understand. He's in it for like the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Anyway. So... Some fun facts about this movie is after the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian 2008 did not fare as well as expected at the box office. The Walt Disney Company decided for budget and logistical reasons that they were not going to co-produce and co-finance this or any other chapters of the Narnia series. Ironically, they would end up owning this film anyway with their acquisition of the 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Which is why it's on Disney Plus. Which I think is hysterical. Same. They're like, Um, we're not going to spend money on it. And then they unknowingly spent money on it. Yeah. Well, not probably unknowingly, but. No. So, um, 
Michael Apted chose to remove Prince Caspian's Spanish accent as he didn't like it and it didn't do the um, the character service. Honestly, I agree. I think it is so Same. much better with him with his British accent. Same. I think, though, like, if one movie had it, the other should have. Meh. I think people lose their accents with the passage True. of time. Like, my friend Nicola, she's from Scotland, and she's been living in the United States since she was 15. She has, like, a very, very light accent. You can barely even okay. tell. Um, and then the last one is, in the novel, The Voyage of the Non-Treader, Ramadou's daughter doesn't have a name, so producer... Douglas Gresham gave her a name, which is Lily Andal, and it's because of the lilies at the sea in Aslan's country. That makes sense. So they named her Lily Andal. That makes sense. The movie. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to okay. do a whole when I get back into my Lily Andal cosplay. Mm-hmm. The, like, and they named her Aurora after the dawn, that whole audio from the thing. That's a good but one, do yeah. it with the um, lilies in the sea. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was curious at the beginning of this. I was like, they've aged probably like seven or eight years. I was like, is this still supposed to be World War II? So it's weird because of like, so the first one came out in 2005. I think they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be just years apart. But they look so much older. Yeah, because... 2005 to 2010 an eight-year-old's gonna grow up to be yeah way older yeah and like world war ii didn't last that long i mean it was kind of long but it's not like it was anything crazy like the actual like violent part of world war ii like with the bombings like we see in the first first film like that was maybe four years like when they were still and like if Edwin was, like, trying to enlist, that means, like, they were probably in the middle of the war. So that means only two years could have passed. Maybe yeah. three. Don't quote yeah. me on those because I'm not, like, absolutely sure. But I'm pretty – I'm a pretty good World War II historian. I know a lot about okay. it. But, like, like yeah. World War II ended in 1946. And it started in – wait – yeah, fact check yourself before we put this. No, I know it ended in 46. I know. Or, for, sorry, 45. The end of 45. Yeah. Oh, it was almost, oh my gosh, it was almost exactly six years. Yeah. September 1st, 1939 to September 2nd, 1945. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think but anyway, still, so I think think they should have done these movies closer together i agree i think that was the big problem but especially with disney like lose or like pulling out mm-hmm. from this one i understand why it took so long but mm-hmm. but still yeah i mean world war ii is only so long you have to be able yeah. to produce it within a definite amount of time otherwise the time of the passage of time doesn't make sense and then yeah. i guess one could argue that like the time that they spent in narnia they still aged but just not as much but it's like they really didn't though no they really didn't they didn't um, age yeah mm. so when they're getting that susan note at the beginning and they show mm-hmm. like her writing it mm-hmm. there is a picture frame of the four pevensies right mm-hmm. 
Fun fact, that is just a behind-the-scenes photo that they took of the four actors, and, like, not one that they specifically were like, let's take this for the prop. That's cute. That was just, like, a behind-the-scenes photo that they decided to use for this. That's very cute. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also have another gripe with the beginning of this movie. Okay. Wouldn't you send your younger children to America first? Thank you. Thank you. What you were trying to Bridgerton off, Susan. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like I'm rewatching that show right now. They were trying to Bridgerton her off. Yeah. You would, like, especially in the middle of a war, you would absolutely send your youngest children with you first. Because your older children have means of getting there by themselves. Yeah. Or they're at least old enough that they can figure it out if you send them the stuff. Yeah. You know? Also, the cousin reminds me so much of Dudley. Yeah. It it always weirds me out that Will Poulter is Eustons. Like, he's great as this role, but, like, I see him more in Maze Runner. But, yeah, I, Eustons is so much like that way. Oh, yeah. I have a very big gripe with this one. Same. Lucy is gorgeous. What is her deal about not being as pretty as Susan? What is her deal I with I hate it? this plotline for her because... Forget the name of the podcast or, like, the group. But there's, like, a Narnia fan group that, like, has a podcast. I think it's called, like, Talking Beast or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's something like that. And they did an interview with um, Georgie Henley, like, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And she was talking about how much this one was, like, a mental toll on her compared to the other two. Because yeah. of Lucy's plotline. Yeah. And it made me so sad. Yeah, they were, like, talking about, like, her and, like, the other ones. And she's like, I didn't realize how big of a thing Narnia was when I was filming um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I didn't realize that it was, like, this famous book series. I was just a kid. Like, I was just having fun on set. And then, it like, she kind of knew more, like, when it came to Prince Caspian, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, Lucy has a great arc in that one. But mm-hmm. this I one? completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, no. I was like, what did you... I was like, why? Like, they gave both of them in the first two, like, such good, strong female arcs. And then yeah, this Susan one, it's and like... Lucy. Yeah. And it's, like, not even about looks. It's not really about a boy. Like, even though, like, she has that little, like, flirtation with Caspian, that's not the main plot of the whole film, you know? Mm-mm. That's not, like, her main story. That's not. It's just a part of it. And she gets it. taken by the, like, one-foot things. Yeah. Because she's smart. Because she's reading. Yeah. Not because of her looks. Yeah. Which I think, I think plays into the whole thing of, like, showing her that she's more than just her looks but it's like why would she even have that doubt in the first place if she like if she knows that her worth isn't based off her looks it's based off of her bravery and her loyalty and right i don't like this arc for her especially because she grew up in narnia and is an adult trapped in a 16 year old body absolutely they tried to give her a stereotypical 16 16 year old i mean the movie yeah. does, or the book does this as well. No, but the but book does it in a better fashion. Because 
she's not 16. She's actually, like, 25. Yeah. At this point in time. Like, mentally, you know? Yeah. So this whole, like, 16-year-old girl thing, that would have happened a long time ago. After the prologue, like, during the prologue of Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe. Oh, I wish I knew where my Narnia copies are, and they might even be at home because I'm at university right now. But there's a whole line about how all the princes in the land favor or like wanted both of them. Yeah. In the epilogue, like when they're grown up. Yeah. It makes me It no just sense. makes me mad. Like Me too. Edmund has such a great arc in this movie. He so does. Because he's living in the shadow of Peter and Caspian. Absolutely. And wants to make a name for himself. I'm sure that that's the reason he wanted to enlist. Absolutely. He wanted to make a name for himself. He wanted to be this brave soldier. Yeah, and he was sick and tired of just sitting around. And he wanted to, like, relive the days of being able to go fight for a good cause. Yeah, when he was, like, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Like he says, right? Like, I'm much older than all of these people here, and I've fought wars, and I've been in battle, and I know what it looks like. And she's like, yeah, but they don't know that. Yeah. To us, to them, we're just kids. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So shall we get into the painting into Narnia? Yeah. I think that is so cool. I, so... My note for this scene is, even though this is my least favorite Narnia film, I do find that this is probably my second favorite Narnian entrance besides the wardrobe. I agree. Because Prince Caspian is lame. Yeah, the train is pretty it, lame. It, it just is. Yeah. I agree. I'm, like, glad, though, that, it, like, at least they weren't transported into, like, 1300 years in the future at least they like actually knew people this time yeah oh i totally forgot to mention like the most sad line in caspian which is when lucy realizes that tumness and the beavers and everyone that they knew is all gone (sighs) i can't even speak that line actually was just like heartbreaking like I can't imagine that. No, me neither. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm glad that, like, immediately, as soon as they enter Narnia, I mean, Caspian is the one to save Lucy mm-hmm. from, like, drowning in the sea. And she's immediately like, oh, Peter, or Edmund, we don't have to run away. Yeah, it's Caspian, don't worry. It's Caspian, it's our, it's our long-lost brother. Yeah. I like, I really liked, it's like very, at the very beginning, when (laughs) Eustace is going to get like the orange from the supplies. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Reepicheep. Yes, Reepicheep. It sounds like a Pokemon. It does. Especially when I say it fast, like I keep on doing it, I keep on being like, Reepicheep, Reepicheep. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely a Pokemon. Um, Yeah. But when, when they're fighting over the orange and it's on, like, Reaper Chief's little, like, rapier and he, like, yeah he goes, here, and he, like, hucks the orange off and the pirate just, yeah. like, one hand catch, like, no flinch, nothing. Yeah. Just skill. Mad skill. Yes. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how many times this has happened, specifically. 
oh, it has had to have happened at least once before. I mean, the skill. Not even he didn't even flinch. He just arm up, grab. Yeah, it was amazing. So as we get into like the different islands, the like slavery sale that they yeah. try to throw Lucy and Eustace in. Yeah, it reminds me of the Pirates of Caribbean ride. Before Red took over the like redheaded when it was pirate, the buy a bride, when it was the buy a bride, yeah. I don't know why, like that specific scene reminded me of it because but it it's did. the same thing, yeah. It yeah. also kind of reminds me of Anakin and his mom, yeah, and Padme and that whole thing, yeah. Yeah, like, it, I, I get I it. I also always forget about the slave sale. I forget that that's the first island. Like, I think it's so much later in the movie. And it's just, like, in your face. Like, I get the islands mixed up. I think I always get the first and the second one mixed up. So, the island of invisibility or whatever. Mm-hmm. That one and the slave island. I get those two mixed up. Mm-hmm. Although I do have to say, on the first island, the little girl is really cute. The one that, like, stows away? Yes. Also, why? How did she stow away for as long as she did? Because they were, like, out at sea at that point. I have no idea. Like. And then the rest of the movie, she can't stay hidden to save her life? Yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah, like... Plot hole. Yeah. Anyway. What did you say what the fuck to? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was the slave thing. Oh, it was when they got eaten by the mist. Oh, yeah. I was like, what <laughs> is that? Okay, and this is my main gripe with this movie. Yeah, that whole plot line with Lucy sucks booty, but my main problem with this whole film is that it's not even like a real enemy it is just no. like the concept of evil it is mist <laughs> that's the enemy is mist the concept of evil like it's so dumb i was so mad about so this one I, I so wonder what peter and susan's like evil thought would have been because we see caspian and we see Edmund, obviously. Like, we see their reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Edmund with the stupid white witch again. again. Which, it makes me sad to see that he still has to, like, fight through his guilt throughout the entire trilogy of these movies. I never even thought... Of, but I feel like once he, like, gets rid of her in Prince Caspian, Caspian. in the, like, little tomb thing, I feel he like that is... Yeah, I feel like that's it. The it's guilt over. is gone. It's over. The cycle has been No, closed. it should have been him. It should have been, if we're giving Lucy this whole, like, I'm not as pretty as Susan Arc. We're giving Edmund this, I'm not as, like, strong of a leader as Peter Arc. Yeah, it should be Peter. Yeah. It should be Peter. Like, also, with Caspian's dad. Yeah, like Caspian's dad. It should be the same thing, but with Peter. And Peter being like, oh, you'll never be good enough. Oh, you'll never be as good as me. You'll never be as the High King. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Also, why does Edmund, or why does Caspian have to fight both of the Pevensey brothers? Like, 
Peter in the first one and Edmund in this one. Like, sword fight. Yeah. Not even, like, fight fight. No, because they're children. Like, argument fight. That's not, That's what I meant. Yeah. Because they can't agree on anything. Because they're both yeah. strong-headed. They, all, they both want to be leaders. And they both want to do things the way that they want to do it. And that's how yeah. boys are. <laughs> so Sorry, boys out there. Yeah. Um, so what was your thoughts about Eustace being turned into the dragon? When I it happened? Like that's a very convenient plot device. Yeah. I feel like it's very convenient. And it's convenient. to teach him a lesson. I feel like, no, I just feel like it's like, hmm, how are we going to solve all of these problems? I know, we're going to make him a dragon, and we're going to change his mind about everything completely in two seconds. Yeah. 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 Like, how are we going to get them there fast enough? And he drags the boat. Oh, how are we going to defeat this sea creature? He literally fire breaths it until they can get everything handled and then he lands on the island where aslan turns him back into a boy and then magically he's back at aslan's table and he magically has the sword from when he was stabbed as a dragon and he just puts it on the table like yeah i feel like that's like too convenient yeah i really wish we got the silver chair as a movie with ben barnes as caspian Mm -hmm. just because we uh that one is Eustace's story. Mm. Like, it's him without his cousins in Narnia. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, that that whole, so it is like, so Caspian is supposed to be, and I, I wondered how they would have done it, because they were planning on doing it before they lost the rights mm-hmm. for all the Narnia stuff. But Caspian is supposed to be, like, dying. Like, on his deathbed, he is, like, 60 years old by the time Eustace gets back there. After this. He's on his deathbed at 60 years old? Well, like, he dies at some point in that, like, book. And I don't remember how exactly. So Uh, if they wanted to remake it now, they could do it with Ben Barnes. Yeah. And it would make sense. Right. So we'll see what Netflix does. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I don't that th- one I... is more so about them finding Rillian, who is the son of Caspian and Liliandel. Okay. Because they go on, like, a trip together, Liliandel and Rillian, and she gets, like, attacked by the big bad in that book and is killed. Okay. And Rillian is left without his mother, defending That's for himself for, like, sad. ten years. Yeah. That's... I... Yeah. This movie and I just call really her Liliandel. I don't even call her Ramadu's daughter because that's stupid. It is stupid. They, give her a name. C.S. Lewis, give her a name. Seriously. I thought this movie was really sad, especially the end. I was actually yeah. crying. I like I was crying a lot at the end of this one. I cried. Oh, where was it? I cried when... um. From, like, when Lucy gives a little heart-to-heart with the little girl who's like, when I'm older, I want to be just like you. And her being like, no, you're going to be just yourself. Like, Yeah. After her I was like, this is, like, 
20 minutes after the whole plot of her being insecure because she's not Susan has been introduced and now all of a sudden she's cured after one talk with Aslan like really yeah in the book she more so like overhears like a comment that her like school friends made about her like daydreaming about Narnia Mm -hmm. and Aslan is like you shouldn't be daydreaming about or like you shouldn't be like spying on your friends and it's not really like a looks conversation it's more of a let's not spy yeah that makes sense yeah Yeah. or let's not be in like insecure about what others say about you kind of which which makes sense okay yeah that i get yeah um yeah and then edmund and caspian calling each other their brothers when like caspian hands the sword when they're about to go into battle ah Yes. And then Eustace and Reepicheep crying at seeing each other part. Like when Reepicheep goes to heaven. Let's be honest. Aslan's country is heaven. Oh, absolutely. Because this is the line I was going to talk about. In your world, I have a different name. Aslan says this. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis, because I, so I took a class uh, my freshman year. Isn't he, like, notoriously century... Christian or something like that? Yes. So I took a class called 20th Century Fantasy Literature and Religion, or Religion and 20th Century Fantasy Literature. Covered Narnia, um, Lord of the Rings, Slash Hobbit, His Dark Materials, and Harry Potter. hmm And so many articles and letters that I read from C.S. Lewis in that class was him being like, oh, it's not a Christian allegory, it's an illusion. He kept on using, like, it's a Christian illusion. Mm -hmm. It's an allegory. Aslan is Jesus. It is not an illusion. Well, I don't think it's essentially an allegory. I would think an allegory would be more like that movie Mother that's, like, so directly related that you can absolutely tell. That is more of an allegory. I feel like... It is definitely an illusion. Like, you definitely have to dig to find that. It's not like, bam, in your face, like with the other movies that we've seen that we're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely about Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. Like, in the first one, because the only book we covered in full that wasn't just, like, a couple chapters here and there in the mm-hmm. book was Lord of, or Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is just as little... Easter story. Yeah, yeah, kinda. I don't think I remember I don't when we were watch when I was watching this with Alex and Kara. Mm-hmm. And Alex was confused and Kara went, He's Jesus Lion. Yeah. I don't know. I think it explains it through other means that's not just yeah. like divine intervention. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. Plus, you've also taken a lot more time to sit and, like, pick it apart. This is from, like, somebody who's watching it pretty much for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. So, like... We'll see how you feel after your audible trial of this. Like, from, like, really fresh perspective, yeah, it looks... it, It looks pretty regular to me. Now, ask me in 10 years, I may change my mind. But yeah. I think I can see it as an illusion. Yeah. I think it alludes to. Also, yeah. So C.S. Lewis, at, for a time, was atheist. 
And mm-hmm. then Tolkien w- and him were best friends, and Tolkien brought him back to Christianity. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that totally and then, makes sense. Oh, so the professor is mm-hmm. Tolkien. Like, C.S. Lewis wrote the professor to be Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And Tolkien wrote someone for C.S. Lewis, and I think it's a tree. I love it. Lives in... I love oh, and I never even brought up in Prince Caspian. When the trees come back to life, when Aslan, like, roars and yeah. the trees come back to life, how come they didn't do that in the first movie? I don't know. Why did the trees never intervene the first time? Thank you. So... Lewis based the professor from Chronicles of Narnia on Tolkien, and Tolkien based Treebeard from Lord of the Rings on C.S. Lewis. Hmm. Interesting. Fun fact, I've never seen or read The Lord of the Rings or Hobbit. Me neither. I've never seen them either. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about them. I know Sean wants me to watch the extended edition of all of them. (sighs) Yeah. That's going to be like days. I know. That's a lot. I know. We can cover the short version. Please. Okay. Yeah. So, my least favorite thing about this whole movie is that they... I think we've already talked about it enough, but just to check it off it's my the list. the mist. The mist. The fact that it's yeah. the mist. It's not even a real enemy. Also, what Lucy's whole say? plot line. Yeah. That, that is my least favorite moment, is the whole, I'm not as pretty as Susan arc. Yeah, I agree. Oh, my favorite moment I said was um, when they get to Aslan's country and we see all the lilies in the ocean. I like that. I liked... I don't know. I didn't really have, like, any part that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing in this one. I was like, eh, the whole time. So tell me why you don't trust Liliandel. She just seems so sketch. And, like, there are these people that we're supposed to trust, and then they turn on us. It's just, like, I don't know, she just chick from the sky. And then there was that, like, ocean lady that was like, no, don't go. That's why I didn't trust her. Well, I think that ocean lady's like, oh, I've seen people get stuck there before, but they're, like, mad by the time they get there. I don't doesn't know. Doesn't she say something about that? Like She doesn't even say anything. Lily Andal did. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Lily She was like, they were like, oh, why are they, like, asleep? And she was like, oh, they were, when by the time they got here, they were all mad, and they were talking about harming each other, and nobody hurt, there's no fighting at Aslan's yeah, table, no. so I put them to yeah. sleep. And I was like, cool, that's sketchy. Like, think about all the yeah. other people who've done things like that in the past. The White Witch. Right? Yeah. She's sketchy. That's all. So, yeah. So, what we don't see is, I think we get a little bit more time in Narnia. Like, we get back to Ramadu's Island before we go to Aslan's country in the book. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, when the spell is broken and everything. I'm, um, and while there, he asks for it to come to Narnia with him. Mm-hmm. That should have been in there if they were going to try to make um, the silver chair, which they were going to. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. What do you read this film? 
finish debate if I agree with my score. Yeah, seven out of ten. I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. The best character in this movie was Edmund. It's Edmund. Yeah. Yes. Can I just read my like little like blurb I wrote about him? Sure. He has grown so much, not just from Prince Caspian to now, but since Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Absolutely. He's always felt like he's in the shadow of his brother and Caspian, and in this he learns who he is. And he is also the one who grows up and realizes that it's his and Lucy's last time in Narnia, at the end in Aslan's country. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's... It's fine. It made me really sad when Lucy had to, like, finally leave Aslan and say goodbye for the last time. Because he's, like, legit her best friend. Yeah. So, like, that made me really Um, sad. But, yeah, the rest of this movie is just okay. Yeah. So, when they get to Narnia. Mm -hmm. Or, when they get back from Narnia is what Mm -hmm. I meant. At the end. You hear Eustace's mother, so Lucy and... Edmund's aunt call up to him and is like, Houston, what are you doing? Joe Pole is over. That's his friend from school who he goes on an Arnie adventure with in the next one. Got it. That's cute. Yeah. Well, I was like watching it and I was like, wait a second. Joe Pole? I know her. Cool. She says bad things about Susan. Of course I know her. <laughs> okie dokie so what do you think the rotten tomato scores are for this one oh a 45 critic mm-hmm. and a 60 audience you're kind of close totally for both off. so oh. the Critic score is 50%. And the audience score is 58%. Okay. So overall, okay. Yeah. I feel like that's the consensus on this movie. It's like, eh. It it wraps up the story nicely. Me with the book, too. It's I think it's one of my least favorite of the books. Yeah. It wraps up. It wraps it up nicely. Mm-hmm. So, that is the end of this little Narnia deep dive with Emma. Are you okay? You sad? I mean, now that you like Narnia, that just means I get more Narnia episodes exactly. on our podcast. Now that I'm like <laughs> way too into it, um, and now that you're gonna read the books uh, or like listen to them on audiobook. Yeah, I'm gonna try. We'll see. I still have to finish a few other books, but... Okay, good to Um, Yeah, I, I'm totally into this, so we'll definitely be revisiting Narnia. We'll go back through yeah. the wardrobe another time. But until then, we're going to cover some fandom news. Okie dokie. So, we have, like, so much fandom news. A lot yes. is going to happen and is going down. So, we're going to go through this as quickly as we can. And if you don't really care about fandom news, then thank you so much. We will see you in the next episode. Yep. Bye.
So starting with guests staying at any of the hotels of the Disneyland Resort would be able to take a fitness class in a one-of-a-kind setting that you will not find anywhere else in the world. You can take yoga classes and others uh, in the beautiful outdoors of Disney California Adventures Park before it opens for guests. So imagine going to Disney California Adventures at sunrise and getting to do yoga in front of Pixar Pal Around. That sounds like an awesome morning for me. Yeah. So Amber Gray will be taking her final bow as Persephone in Hadestown on February 19th, the day before my birthday, sadly. And Lana Gordon will be taking over the role following Amber Gray's departure. Yep. So testing is underway for the return of Fantasmic, which will be in the spring of this year of 2022 at the Disneyland Park. Um, so they've been seen doing water testing and lighting and rehearsals and all that kind of stuff. So here we come, Fantasmic. Let's get ready. I'm so excited for it to come back. Yes. I can't wait for it to come back in studios and it still hasn't been announced. Um, the author of the Kingdom Keeper series, Ridley Pearson, has announced that he's going to be releasing a novel in October entitled Cautionary Tales, which will be a collection of scary stories featuring some of our favorite Disney villains like Gaston and Maleficent were on the cover that he posted. Very nice. I'm very interested. Um, also, Fantastic Beasts, a natural history documentary, will be coming soon, featuring audiobook narrator Stephen Fry. Yes. And on February 9th, we got the first look at the poster and the release date for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which will be re- starting release on May 25th, streaming on Disney+. Plus. Yes. So excited. I'm so excited. Also, Spider-Man No Way Home will start streaming on Stars on February 28th of 2022. So on February 6th, Disney World brought back these behind-the-scenes tours, Disney's Keys to the Kingdom, a five-hour tour that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the park and the Magic Kingdom Utilidors, the Wild Africa Trek, which is a behind-the-scenes of Kilimanjaro Safari in Animal Kingdom, up close with the final rhinos, which is self-explanatory, and it's also an animal kingdom. Save the savannah, which is a premium meal and views of the safari ride from a special venue inside the attraction, and caring for giants, which is all about the elephants, also an animal kingdom. Sounds very cute. One of my I haven't f- done any of them. Ooh, maybe we'll have to. I want to do the keys to the kingdom. Okay, deal. One of my favorite of these little things well, these news is that's coming back is that disneyland trams finally are coming back on february 23rd this mile and a half walk from the parking structure is no more people so today the day that this episode is released oh yes enjoy the trams yes a couple of broadway tours were announced recently including waitress for a a limited second equity tour in Charlotte from April 19th through May 22nd, 2022. Beetlejuice, which will be starting in fall of 2022. Jagged Little Pill, also in fall of 2022. Um, Les Mis, the national tour is relaunching in October of this year. Aladdin, which will be a newly imagined North American tour launching in October. Tina, the Tina Turner musical, launching a North American tour in fall of 2022. And 
6 was just announced yesterday when we're recording this, so February 15th, which will be launching its North American tour in fall of 2022. Which is super cool. Um, also, Oscar nominations came out on February 8th. The nominations included Andrew Garfield for Best Actor in Tick, Tick, Boom, and Ariana DeBose for Best Supporting Actress in West Side Story, Encanto, Luca, and Raya the Last Dragon for Best Animated Feature, Cruella for Costume Design, honestly well-deserved. Yes. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Spider-Man No Way Home for Visual Effects, and Dos Uruguitas from Encanto for Best Song. So speaking of Beetlejuice, the Beetlejuice Broadway cast has been announced for its show for the show's return in April, and it includes Alex Brightman returning as Beetlejuice, Elizabeth Teeter as Lydia Dietz, Terry Butler returning as Barbara Maitland, David Josephberg returning as Adam Maitland, Adam Danheiser returning as Charles Dietz, Leslie Rodriguez returning as Delia Dietz. And Michelle Aravina as Miss Argentina. Yeah, which they split up the roles, so hopefully that'll help her out. They, yeah, that, like, um, so I saw an interview with Leslie, and she was saying that it was logistical stuff with the new theater. Mm-hmm. That's what I and heard, for too. Her, for her break. Yeah. So... Uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story will debut on Disney Plus in the U.S. and in most international countries on March 2nd. The 2022 collection of Disney Wedding Wedding's bridal gowns was released on the Disney Parks YouTube. I don't like them. I don't like most of them. I think the 50th anniversary one is ugly. Yeah. And the Sleeping Beauty one? looks more like Ariel than it does Sleeping Beauty and the Cinderella one looks like Sleeping Beauty I'm just we'll have a whole episode where I'll just rant about it because I'm so upset okay anyway um it's not a reboot it's a comeback chicken Chippendale Rescue Rangers an all-new original movie will be streaming on May 20th on Disney plus the cast of the Broadway production of Macbeth led by Daniel Craig and Ruth Niga Niga has it's N-E-G-G-A, has announced its complete cast, including Amber Gray, Philip James, uh, James Brannon, Grantha Coleman, and the preview performances will begin at the Long Acre Theater on March 29th, and it will officially open on April 28th. I'm so excited to see the like that's gonna to be see really good. going on. Yes. Um, the sixth musical announces its cast for the North American tour. The tour will launch with a return engagement in Chicago from March 29th to July 3rd, and additional tour cities will be announced very soon. So keep your eye out. Yes. Complete casting was announced for the Broadway-bound Paradise Square. Joaquina Kowukango leads the 40-member cast that also features Talina Kennedy, John Dossett, Sydney DuPont, and more. Whitney Houston's bio-musical headed for the stage, and the show is said to be based on the upcoming movie, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yes. For all of those people that are fans <laughs> of Figment. Not the Emma. Figment, not me. The Figment popcorn buckets are back at Walt Disney World's Epcot, and now you can mobile order it 
via the mobile order dining function on the Walt Disney World app. Honestly, smart. It is like, it is listed as like Epcot souvenir. Okay. Instead of anything, and it's just a picture of Figment. Okay, makes sense. And doesn't it, isn't it like literally taking over the entire World Showcase building? So, yeah, it's like their like convention center that they normally have like food places for the festival in. There's a festival going on right now, and they, like, wiped all of them out and made them, like, kiosks, like all the other ones, and put rows of figment. It is, like, imagine the Imperial March playing but with figment pictures. <laughs> it is terrifying. Seriously, you guys, Google it. It is literally hilarious. I think it is so funny. It's so overkill. The hype has died. I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I feel like that's been happening a lot lately where people just like don't order enough supply for the demand and then they over order once the hype has been died, you know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Disney parks announced on Wednesday that the creation of story living by Disney, a new residential neighborhood community, the first location will be called Contino, a story living by Disney community. It will be built in the Coachella Valley in Rancho Mirage, California. Interesting. That's so far from Disney. Usually they're like Interesting. in like nearby. Yeah, like Golden Acres is in or Golden Oaks, not Golden Acres. Um, Golden Oaks, which is Disney World's like story living area, I guess, like their yeah. neighborhood community is like in the parks. Yeah. I mean Or not under- in the parks, but like in I think part of it is just that there's not very much room. If you listened to our Disney expansion episode, I talk a lot about how there's no room for them to expand unless they repurpose old land that they already own. But yeah, maybe that's part of it. But like the Coachella Valley is really far. It's like out in the desert. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And the last fun fact, well, not fun fact, but I think this is a pretty good fact. Fandom fact, Um, it is both U.S. Disney Parks and Disney World and Disneyland have announced that the mask mandates indoors will be dropped on February 17th for vaccinated guests. They will be using the honor system and masks will still be required in certain places like health services, monorails, and any transport. Yes, and it's not just limited to those either. It really depends on where where you are and in what park and what's going on. Yeah. So the ever- loving cycle of mask mandates continues (sighs) yeah maybe one day we'll see an end to this yeah and covid will be history hopefully hopefully well this was a very information filled page (laughs) yes okay so we're gonna see these lovely people in the outro yes Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. We are a proud member of the Real Fans Network. That's right, and there is a huge variety of shows to listen to, like Real Fans for Real Movies, Holy Batcast, Disorder, Please Rewind, and many, many more. Yes. Join us next week where we will be talking about some of our Disney hits and what Disney films pass the Bechdel test. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to let us know what you think of the show. 
Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFatalsPod for the latest updates and to possibly be featured in a future episode. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram and TikTok are both at SnippyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? I'm at Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. So our music is by our amazing friend, Maddie Macon. And our editing is by the wonderful Carol Lensmeyer. As always, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Bye. The views expressed in this episode do not reflect the band or company they're about. Thank you.